I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Before I get into today's episode, I want to let you know there are still a few spots left to join me in Princeton, New Jersey this August for my 21-day yoga teacher training. We will deep dive into anatomy and physiology, and you will leave ready to teach at least 10 lit flows that you will be given and that you will know backwards and forwards that have been created by me. Learn more and sign up at movementbylara.com. This training is perfect for beginners and seasoned yoga teachers. And join me August 3rd in New York City to break a world record together for the most handstands done simultaneously. The current record is 399, so let's smash it. I hope I get to hug you after we make history together on Saturday, August 3rd in New York City. The information to sign up is on my website at movementbylara.com. So join in with me for both of these things or one of these things, and let's get moving. Welcome, Mark Hyman, to today's episode. We're going to recap our hiking trip to Wales. I'm so excited to join you. (laughs) We've only spent the last two weeks together, so why not talk about it some more, right? Yeah. Um, So I asked people questions or asked them to ask us questions about our Wales trip. And I got emails and then some questions on Instagram. And they're they're interesting. The the majority of the questions really have to do with equipment. So we'll get Mm -hmm. to that in a minute. Um, But let's first talk about um, how do we plan these and pick these locations out? That was a question a few people ask. Well, I would have... um... I would question the pronoun usage of we, (laughs) (laughs) as you tend not to have much to do with it until we fly out. As Um, a true co-captain does. That works out, because if we both are are 
dealing with all that. So we know our, what we, where, how we contribute. So I pretty much plan the whole trip and then you get excited about where we go and where we're staying. And usually you're like, wow, this is really nice. Yeah. This yeah. is a really nice place where we're wondering about the accommodation. So <clears throat> there's a lot that goes, that has to go into. Well, let's just mm-hmm. backtrack for a second because some people, let's just assume people have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, we just okay. got back from a two week trip to Wales mm-hmm. and we have also traveled Two week, we've done a um, hiking trip across England and then a hiking trip across Scotland. So we've done that four years ago was in England, two years ago was Scotland, and this was Wales. Right. So maybe that's when people are like, how did you decide to hike those particular trails? How, right. Yeah. So it started with, we we have our, our, our not-for-profit or our umbrella for uh, a a charity organization called Coast to Coast for Compassion. So the first one came from wanting to do a coast to coast trip to raise money for an organization. And one of the famous ones is the Wainwright Trail. You and I had already biked coast to coast across the United States to raise money for Parkinson's disease research many years ago. And so just to keep that keep that trend alive, we and we'd also talked at that time, right when we were on our honeymoon, about hiking coast to coast across England. So that that hike itself was about 15, 20 years in the planning of something we wanted to do when the kids were older. There was the hoof and mouth disease at the, the year we were supposed to do it. So we post, had to postpone on our, didn't attach to our honeymoon and we ended up doing it four years ago. Um, so, and what I found. That's a famous trail. The Wainwright Trail across England is, is pretty yeah, well it known. It goes in Northern yeah. England, the Lake District. It's absolutely phenomenal. I think it ended up being our favorite of the three mm-hmm. with a close second would be what we just did the Ofa's Dyke Path across Wales. And then the third was our Scotland um, trip. They're great Scotland hikes. They're just the one we chose, which was a coast to coast. Wasn't as scenic. Like as much. Yeah. As scenic. Yeah. So I just research the different hikes and knowing what the kids like, what we like, we've sort of figured out what types of trip we could do and the time frame. what would be good for, you know, like a 10 to two, 10 day, two week trip. Uh, 150 to 200 miles, so that that sort of limits uh, mm-hmm. it. Um, and now we're going to probably branch out and not just have it be coast to coast. We'll just pick the best the best hikes, and if they happen to be coast to coast, that would be great. But so when I first started looking into these, you could do them through organizations that will plan everything for you. Especially in the in the UK, they have tons of them, and they will they can plan where you're staying, what you're um, to transfer your bags if you want from place to place. So you don't have to carry anything. I started looking into that and the cost, especially because we were doing, we were funding it ourselves, but then all donations were going to charity because it was a charity event. Um, so I just was trying to keep, keep prices down. And when you do it through an organization, the difficulty with that is you're paying that tax, that tax is a 20% tax you have to pay when you're staying at places. So we had to pay that. We had to pay the 20% tax wherever we stayed. But on top of that, the tour company charges an additional 20%. So you're really paying like over 40% in taxes. So Mm -hmm. that could really skyrocket. And at that point I was just like, that's sort of ridiculous. I could easily just make calls and figure out where we want to stay just do a little research and then I just get like a $5 Skype calling plan and just I call the place. And especially because we're all vegan, I needed to check. And that's where the advanced planning came in. Uh, I needed to check and make sure that there we would be fine with accommodations um, for our diet and also to make sure that the places that we were staying were uh, right as close to the trail as possible so we didn't add extra mileage. Right. And he, I mean, he's 
not really going into the amount of detail and planning it takes, but just to give everybody an idea. When we went to England, we went there in June as well. And I think he had all of our reservations done by September, October. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to do this, yes, economically, it's a much better way to do it on your own. You're going to have to put in those organizational hours yourself, though, because otherwise, um, if you want somebody else to do it, that's and you, and you have the funds to do that, then the, then let them do it for you. But what Mark did is he looked at each of these trails, and so whatever hiking trail you pick, there's probably books out there. I'm sure there's books on every one of them, and you just pick a good series. And so he looked at the hiking trail book and kind of got an idea of what a reasonable amount of time it is to take, you know, um, and we, when we went to England, we took a little bit more time because the kids were younger, 10, 10 years old and 12 years old. It was a 200 and 202 mile, two mile hike, but you know, 30 some thousand feet climbing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was a lot. So we spaced it out a little bit, um, having a rest day in there. Some people, we did it in 16 hiking days. Uh, some people were doing it in, 13 or 12 or 10 hiking days and that's and some all, in 20. Yeah, and some right. in 20. So kind of know what your what your I guess endurance and how how you want to do it. Like there there's something to be said about taking your time a little bit, not just mm-hmm. like huffing it through, but some people don't have the luxury of having two weeks off. So and, and those it, are all factors to think about. So also you can just choose a a hiking trail that's shorter. And yeah. that, you know, it's just like a five-day trip or yeah. something. But you, you do want to plan well in advance. Same thing with this one. I planned in September and I got all the bookings in September because, you know, if you find one place that you want to stay that doesn't have that opening. Yeah. And, and, and obviously it's very easy if you're going to be camping, but we didn't, we yeah. wanted to, to, we didn't want to, to camp, um, especially with young kids the time. So we just have kept it and sort of treated ourselves to B and Bs. And the other part is these companies, the walking companies often pre-book the, some of the better accommodations. So in order to be getting the accommodations, if you're trying to do it last minute, it makes it a little difficult, especially if you're traveling on, on the days when on weekends and stuff. So I would just plan, like we knew we were going to be taking a train and, and, uh, and on our first day and hiking. So I wanted a shorter day then. So you could just look at the mileage and their books and just look up sites. And I actually really enjoyed looking up those things and finding which ones would have two bedrooms um, mm-hmm. in the future. If we just, it'll be easier if it's just the two of us, as opposed to the kids don't uh, join us uh, in the future. And if they do, it just, you get navigating take, it. Yeah. yeah. How many rooms and, and so forth. So. And so we, I mean, we, we started the whole hiking, uh, trekking in England because we really lo- wanted to do this Wainwright trail. And then we stayed in the UK because the, it just, it was easier because of the language. We didn't have to worry about a language barrier. Everybody speaks English, but there's so many, many, many great trails in the UK. And I will say something great about hiking in the UK is it is not super hot. However, it is going to be wet that you can just totally. And that's probably what we get the most questions about. How do you plan for wet weather? What do you do for that? What are some um, equipment recommendations? Mark wrote, has written a blog for all three of our hikes he just wrote a really extensive last day kind of su- or summary. And so you can check that out on our website at um, www.c2c4compassion.com. So check that out. But we'll just tell you right now, we all we definitely recommend waterproof hiking, hiking shoes. Absolutely. 
There's um, not really said. There's no or real water, water proof. Water, they, uh, they're, unquote, they're Gore-Tex, yeah, but they're Gore-Tex. They're yeah. going to get on the wet days, and you just have to plan. It's sort of mentally, you have to plan for it and actually um, appreciate those days. They're going to happen, and they make the other days that much more yeah. enjoyable. And sometimes it's it's just part of it. It's like part of the ex- experience in yes in hiking. And and I would say the socks are really important, and the the waterproof jacket and pants are really crucial as well. So just plan for it and you won't be, you know, it, like he said that you'll, you'll enjoy the sunnier days, but if you're not wet, 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 soaking wet, then it really makes a big difference. So right. I had the ultra Gore-Tex boots run or um, hiking ultra, shoes, ultra lone peak for Gore-Tex boots. Yeah. And Jonah there, had Solomon boots. I had Merrill. It just was basically, we tried a bunch of different ones on and different ones fit our feet differently. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you have to go in and try those on. Um, we also had uh, questions about any other uh, kind of types of equipment that you would recommend. Again, he talks about this in the blog, but what would you say is your kind of favorite? Well, as far as the shoes, I would say just to, to go on, on that, you want the lightest shoes possible that you find comfortable uh, because the weight you're carrying around at that's far from your fulcrum. Uh, so that just adds more weight that, that actually a lot more so than what you put in your pack. So just, you want to keep those light um, as possible uh, when you're doing, but find comfortable, like your shoes were, were lighter than my shoes, but they, I, they just hurt me on the top of a, yeah. of my foot. So they didn't work out, but you know, yeah, they have be to be comfortable. You have to be comfortable. We, pe- people wrote me and they said, Oh, do you, how many, do you have lots of blisters? Never had not, a blister. And we were hiking a lot. And we were hiking without a lot. Oh, and that, that was the other question is, do we do a lot of prep? Not for this one at all. Because we'd done it before, so we knew we could do it. And we knew you kind of get in shape for hiking as you as you do it. So I'm not saying go into something without any prep. We did more prep for the England one. The younger the, the kids, kids were the younger. More, right. yeah. The younger the kids, the more, uh, the, more the prep, the, the less shape you're in, the more you're going to enjoy going in shape. We're, we're already in pretty good shape. So, you know, you could handle it. It's just walking. Yeah. Uh, so part of that, it's just, uh, but if you're, if you're not in shape that you could, you think you could go for a walk for th- that period of time, then, then, you know, you could just do some hikes. It's fun to prep if you have the time. We just, yeah. did, this year just was tough for us. So we didn't right. have the time to do it. Yeah. Cause everybody can just, for the most part, hopefully can walk for long periods of time, yeah. but you can also take breaks. This is also where the shoes and the socks are vital and the other thing I would say is absolutely vital are hiking poles. We use our hiking mm-hmm. poles every single day, and they um, they are not only important for for fi- helping you negotiate kind of uneven terrain and balancing, but they really actually integrate your core a lot. So you're working your arms, your core, and your legs, and it feels more balanced work. So it's not just your legs doing all the work, right? We had, we had black diamond, uh, retractable ones. Retractable ones are, are helpful for when you travel. You do have to, when you hi- travel with hiking poles, you have to check those. You have to have at least one check bags because- uh, They're seen as weapons, yeah. Seen as weapons so that uh, you're not going get, to get through with the, most likely you wouldn't get through with them just on, on, on a carry-on. So yeah. like I had, my bag was checked and it was bigger. So it was checked and, and your bag and the kids' bags, we they were small enough they could be, uh, they counted as carry-ons. Yeah. So, so the other th- question we got asked a lot is about being vegan and mm-hmm. how um, ha- people accommodated that. Like, how did we plan for that? Um, did we get a variety of foods on the hike or was it all the same? People don't know, like, if the, the host provide for that. So it was easy. 
it was really easy because Mark planned in advance and he got, he called every single place we were staying. He, we stayed in a variety of places. Some were B&Bs, some were inns, some were pubs that had rooms. Um, Some places provided dinner, some places didn't. So he really investigated and, and these are, a lot of them are very small towns. So like if we were staying somewhere and they didn't provide dinner, Mark found out where are some restaurants nearby or. And um, often the the host of where we're staying would would would, give us recommendations. Uh, And a few um, um, actually ended up making us dinner and, mm -hmm. you know, just charging us, but they made the dinner for us. And it was not at all hard being vegan. I mean, we had such a variety. If you plan, (laughs) vegan's easy, but you just have to have to plan in advance. Yeah, that was that was not a a problem. The variety for dinner, breakfast are pretty much the same. It's pretty much every day you're getting, and it's it's we tended to to act like we were uh, going to hibernation, so (laughs) we would like really stock up on breakfast, which we don't normally do. But every breakfast, you have the mush, you have mushrooms. Uh, grilled tomato, you have um, beans, baked beans, toast, yeah. toast hot cereals offered, uh, cold cereal. And that's where they, that, that's the only thing. And sometimes they had a vegan sausages. So you could choose that. That's pretty much every day we would get sometimes fruit. So the breakfast is pretty much the same. And sometimes what we would do would be uh, to, we would just, if there's to extra toast and jam, and we would just, the only thing they really would have to do differently is make sure there was uh, uh, soy milk mm-hmm. or almond milk or something. Besides that, it's it's pretty And they would easy. often have um, soy, almond, oat milk or yogurt. I mean, yeah. it, it was, a yogurt, we, that's right. we happen to really benefit because Wales, maybe it was across the whole UK, but it sounds like it was just in Wales, had a veganary, veganuary, veganuary for January. And so um, a lot of the areas were just so much more in tune with having vegan options. So it was not a problem at all. It was just great. So just do the, um, do the work. And we also are picking countries that I, I think are probably, um, more in tuned with veganism. Um, I think there's certain countries that are probably very, very carnivorous and we haven't gotten there yet. So we'll see whenever we get there, if that's an issue, but I think planning ahead. And we also brought, um, some macro bars and trail mix and stuff to have, but you don't want to bring too much stuff because you got to carry it. But we, and we also, I think, were really surprised pleasantly at how many places actually would list outside that the vegan options they had for dinner, um, place that had vegan cheeses for Italian restaurants and stuff. It was it was really uh, exciting. eating was not a problem. It was exciting, <laughs> yeah. and we like to eat uh, after these long days and to start the long days. So yeah, it yeah. was like, that, that that's gotten. I think that's gotten even better since four years ago. Yeah, the the options. I don't know whether it was Wales versus England or just things have, have now progressed, but it was it was super easy to find. You just have to, and, and the places. Some of the places they were excited. They knew we were coming and had planned for us um, to to come. And you know they look forward to the, a lot of the places they they like. Serving You're the, the vegans. Yeah. You're the vegans. So. They, they were totally ready for us. Some people like went out and bought every possible vegan thing they could think of. It was really, it was wonderful. And again, Mark recaps all this so so eloquently and in detail on our blog. on On our blog, I say that again, but it's really the blog that he um, spent hours every early every morning writing. Um, and another question that people ask, and, and if you again, didn't really keep it track with us, we have this all on our blog as well. Uh, but I did a yoga challenge as we, as we were hiking, I did a, t- a hashtag TSBT challenge 
And one of our biggest, so TSBT, I also did a podcast on this, stands for this shizzle shit builds tenacity, meaning like there's going to be stuff that's just tough and, but we're going to get stronger because of that. We, we grow with challenge. So one of our biggest challenge we faced right off the bat was that our daughter, who um, is 16, almost 17, was exhausted. She had a really rough junior year of high school, rough and meaning just she works really hard. She's a um, kind of overachiever, overperformer, and got very little sleep this year and did really well, of course, in school, but she doesn't know how to um, kind of do things. Um, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't know how to do things, got a middle percent. So when it was all over with, uh, she, she had her last exam on the Wednesday before. Thursday. The Thursday before yeah. she she flew out with Mark on Friday. Friday. And so when she arrived in England, she was just exhausted. We let her sleep as much as she could in the London hotel. But then we had to take off on Monday morning for Wales. We went for Wales and then she was able to do the first uh, leg of the trip, which was that day. We did about 10 miles. But from the beginning, she just seemed to have a lag to her. And this is a kid that was... She's just super resilient, usually physically. She can just zoom up a hill and all that. And it, she, she loves was, it. Yeah, she, she really loved, loved the last it. two hikes. So this was not someone who yeah. was. Um, she was really looking forward to it, to getting away from school, mm-hmm. to get it being with family, and to being out in nature. But this first, after the first day, um, she woke up the next day and was just like, "I just can't do this. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I want to sleep." And we have a schedule. We really have to kind of get up and out, not only because of the accommodations where we're staying, but also to get ourselves going because otherwise we're, we have a long day ahead. So we tried going with her a little bit the first day and she was just, second second day, sorry. She was just dragging. And I just made this decision because I knew we had like a 14 and a half mile day ahead of us. And I said, there's no way we can do this for 14 and a half miles, mentally or physically or emotionally. I don't think I can do this because I'm the one that's going to be lagging behind with her and feeling like I'm dragging her. And that just doesn't feel right as a mom. So I um, told Mark and Jonah to go ahead and that I would meet them at the accommodations and Olivia and I would somehow get to the accommodations. Now we're in the middle of Wales in in the tiny, tiny town. There's like no, it's not like you can call a cab or an Uber. Um, so I just asked some lovely women that were outside their home, how best way to get to this, this may, may not major, but a more major town that was a couple of miles away from the accommodations we were staying at. And they said there was a bus. And so Olivia and I figured out and we got our way there and we talked about, you know, her resting and, and just getting, just getting her, her legs on. And so we ended up getting to the B&B. I, um, got Olivia, you know, in her bed and everything and went back and met Mark and Jonah and walked the last few miles with them. But from that day forward, it um, became apparent that Olivia was just, she was just not, uh, she just was exhausted. She was just not well. And so we, we taxied her ahead and then we would hike up, we would hike to the place to meet her and that way she could rest. And we were kind of bummed out about missing out on be- the time with her, but we figured, okay, at least we have her for breakfast and a dinner where we're having a family time together. And then hopefully one of these days, we had 13 days of hiking, 14 days of being in Wales. One of the days she would perk up. Well, after the 
uh, I think the fourth day that evening, we went out to dinner. We had taxied her ahead and she just was not feeling great. And anyway, long story short, she had a horrible stomach virus and she was up all night. The next day I stayed with her and like, I wasn't going to leave her or taxi her by herself. So I, we taxied to the next place and we had some friends who were coming to visit us and hike with us because we had met them years before and they had done that. And they, they are um, from Birmingham. And so we started to kind of create a plan because it became apparent, like after the stomach virus, she wasn't going to be able to, Olivia was not going to be able to regroup and meet us. So we came up with a plan. She would go back with our friends and she would fly home because we had somebody staying at her house. It was all going to be, you know, work out well. So it was disappointing, but it was also um, really, it was great for us to be able to adapt to the situation. And once she left and we knew she was home resting, which is a much better place to rest, we kind of regrouped and, and then we had our threesome. Jonah is our 14-year-old. So it was um, challenging, but it was we were able to do it. And a lot of you have been asking about how is she doing? And um, that was a huge question I got. And Olivia is doing great. She's She's still trying to get like a little bit more energy, but she's, she would not, ha- I don't think she would have been able to do the hike. There's just no way. She, um, yeah, go ahead. She, uh, we're also, we're waiting to find out if she has either mono or maybe Lyme disease is something that's sort of, that's sort of been ca- waiting her down. Cause this is more than like her. So we're waiting, we're waiting for doctor's results, mm-hmm. but we also did the other part was we had to do this trip because at the time we did right then, because she's leaving, uh, this weekend for a five week, uh, theater intensive program. So there's a limited window. So that, that's why we, yeah, ended up doing yeah, it. yeah. It but, seemed it was, and that's why as, as parents, we made the decision to be able to, to fly her home because it felt um, like it, she it would just start her summer off with a really a big drag if she couldn't recover and then she'd not really feel great for this program. So that was our biggest challenge, but I think we we did well with it. Besides that, what would you say um, were any TSBT moments for you on this trip? That was that was definitely the, the biggest dealing with that and then things were easier and the, the weather was uh but you just deal with it the rain every day for the first 10 days i think uh of the trip and then we had that one really we had our longest day where we did about 20 miles 19 20 mile hike um with some uh, a decent amount of elevation about four thousand feet of elevation and stuff so yeah but it's all just you know i guess my for me the biggest tsbt it was actually having to come home and deal with like everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, the trip that's that, to me, that's the easy part. So the emotional stuff with Olivia mm-hmm. and, and then coming back and, and just dealing with daily stresses, that was a lot more challenging for me than, than actually the hike. I, I love doing the, that part. Yeah. So I would say this is hiking is a wonderful way to get out in nature it's a wonderful way to connect to your family because we we had such a good time with our little guy. He was so adaptable, never complained, not once. I'm sure he was bummed out that his sister was not well and had to go home, but he really enjoyed the time with us. And so it's a great way to spend time with family outside of your regular routine. And we we highly recommend it. And just get, you know, get the right equipment, have the right attitude, do the research. Um, have somebody organize it and enjoy, 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 be, and just like we did. So we're back from Wales. And if you have any more questions, 
Check out Mark's blog again on the website, or you can write me at laura at movementbylaura.com and ask me any questions there. Thank you so much, honey, for coming on. Thank you for organizing these trips. Sure. They're amazing. And we're all good. And Olivia is on the road to recovery and doing great. So keep sending her lots of love as well. And I'm pulling for all of you, sending you hugs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.